Would you allow me to lead you in the prayer for illumination this morning? Shall we pray? Guide us, O Lord, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover peace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Today's scripture reading is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. It can be found in your sanctuary Bibles on page 78 of the New Testament. Jesus, in this passage, uses two parables to quiet his critics. Again, I'm reading from Luke, chapter 15, verses 1 through 10. Listen now for God's living word. Now all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to him. And the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. Which one of you, having a hundred sheep and losing one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? When he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders and rejoices. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous people who need no repentance. Or... What woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one of them, does not light a lamp, sweep the floor, and search carefully until she finds it? When she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Here ends the reading of the word. Thanks be to God. Would you pray with me? Reveal, O God, your wonder to our eyes. Open our hearts to Christ's love. Disperse from our minds any darkness and fill our lives with your light. Protect us, O God, from thoughts without action. Guard us from words without life. Grant us wisdom to walk in your ways and open us always to the guiding of your spirit. Amen. Edward Lee is a chef, and he was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, to Korean parents. And when he began cooking in college and then getting serious about being a chef after college, he found his way into some southern kitchens. Now, food in his family growing up was traditional to their Korean heritage, but as a cook, he began to encounter traditional southern cooking and ingredients, and he began to found that the flavors of these two cultures worked well together. So Lee began to explore southern American cooking and its ingredients, and doing so, he discovered uses for things like sorghum and cornmeal and other southern flavors in his own food, and began as he learned about these ingredients, to encounter stories about them. He was also a collector of old cookbooks, and so he, he started collecting old southern cookbooks. 
and he dove into this beautiful southern culinary tradition, finding that some of its finest characteristics and traditional dishes had fallen away, had become lost to contemporary kitchens, both home and restaurant. Being lost, we wouldn't even know like other fine chefs in America have been working to bring some of these lost traditions back onto menus and southern food in so many ways is beginning to regain an identity in homes and restaurants around the country by sharing stories about the food that is so much a part of American identity. Lee once wrote this, he's also an author, he wrote, it is in the stories that you will find the flavors and textures of who you are and where you will find your story if you really want to know who someone is, Lee writes, you have to eat the heart of any story is identity, a sense of belonging to a people or a way of life And the parables this morning, the parables of what have been lost, are stories that offer this kind of belonging, a sense of a a way that people discover their identity with God and with one another. You see, these parables come to us as Jesus, it seems, has once again upset polite company that he is around This time it is because he is eating with sinners and tax collectors. He's sitting at tables where religious leaders would rather not sit. And so Jesus tells a few stories about finding or losing, finding, and then celebrating. A shepherd has a hundred sheep and one is lost. A woman has ten coins and one is lost The shepherd leaves his sheep to go and find the one who is missing, and the woman turns over her house until she finds that coin. The shepherd throws a party to celebrate with all of his friends when he finds that sheep, and the woman calls together her friends and her neighbors, asking them to rejoice with her for what she had lost, she has found. Jesus welcomes all people to his table as people respond with discomfort, frustration, or anger at Jesus for doing so, as Jesus responds then with parables. They ask us to see the world in a new way. Something rather remarkable emerges as we read these stories. And what emerges is actually a portrait of what God's identity looks like. These parables are not really allegories. The shepherd isn't a stand-in for God in the story, and nor is the woman. But these are stories that describe God's character, the way that God relates and interacts with each of us. God is the one who goes looking, seeking, searching, when most people wouldn't bother. God is the one who notices when something is lost. Now, with 99 sheep, a shepherd would not normally chase after one that is lost, risking all the rest. 
and really most of us, if we had a hundred sheep and one went missing, we probably wouldn't even notice it was gone. Now with nine other coins, most people in this woman's position would not go to great lengths looking for it. Certainly someone like the woman Jesus speaks of, a, a woman who is a homeowner, that she has accrued some wealth, that it would not be enough of a bother to spend all this time going to such great lengths looking. She wouldn't really need to. Most of us, if we were in a similar financial position, would say, well, it'll turn up sooner or later and leave it now, at Jesus that. Jesus noticed who was missing from the community in this instance, it was tax collectors and sinners. Now, some might have written tax collectors off as unsavory people, as a nuisance in society. And those who miss the mark, clearly the sinners, are but written Jesus off. goes to find them because even still, they are significant, they are valued, they are loved by God. They are loved as children of God. Now Jesus tells these parables to describe how God goes out of God's way to meet us, to connect with people, to love human beings in the most extravagant of ways. But why? All people who are of God's making are worthy of attention, of dignity, of affection, and of friendship. God goes to endless lengths to find those missing, to reconnect people who've been disconnected. And while it often takes some kind of pain or loss for, for us to notice, God immediately sees who's missing or who's disconnected. When people experience the grace of knowing this love beyond measure that comes from God, well, when they return, God throws a party like this shepherd does, like this woman who found God her coin. celebrates like this. How then would we celebrate with God? What would our response, what would our celebration look like when we really learn what it means that God loves in limitless ways? I'd like to think it would be something like an, an invitation, an invitation to join God looking into our own lives to find what might be missing or who might be missing. That our celebration would be a response to God, like what teacher Amy Jill Levine describes she says that these parables invite action. They're parables that ask us to do something. These parables urge people to pay attention to the world around us. She says that when, well, she asks, when was the last time that we really took stock or counted up who was present rather than simply counting on their presence? When was the last time that we considered who has been missing from our lives that we want present there? Once life-giving for us that has somehow fallen away or, or disappeared or we don't give our attention to anymore. When people get busy, people like you and I, we can lose sight of what has been valuable to us. Consider the church even. 
What is missing that once was meaningful but we took for granted and has gone what away? What has the church avoided in all of its life that we wish that we were doing now? Or who is missing from our community that we know that God desires and that we desire to be with us? Or what, what has, have we stopped doing or are not doing that could be deeply meaningful in our lives and for the life of the community? And however we answer these questions, there's a corresponding action that could be the same If God goes to such great lengths to seek people with love, then the church could do the same, seeking people with love. If God takes such delight in each person who turns to God, then the church could respond likewise. There was a church, there is a church in Malmo, Sweden. They recognized that they wanted to be more playful. They wanted to be more playful as a church, and they wanted to create a space for children to play in faithful ways. So at a church anniversary, as they were coming up on a milestone, they built a second sanctuary to enrich the lives of their children in worship. Now, this new sanctuary was small. It was sized a little bit larger than a playhouse that someone might put in their backyard. All the features inside were child-sized. The communion table, the baptismal font, the pastor robes and stoles and vestments. And with a Montessori-like approach, the children were invited into this new church to play This church, this congregation gave the small church its own name even. They called it St. Catherine's Play Church. Adults would prepare the space for the children to use, and then they would hand it off to the kids. The children would put on the robes. They would baptize dolls. They would serve communion, and they would preside over weddings. And the room, the sanctuary, it never grew noisy, the pastor reflected, as the children would bring this quiet joy to their play and this faithful reverence for a space Another of pastor, worship. A woman named Maria Kramer describes the children playing before God. She explains that St. Catherine's Play Church allows the children to shape their own worship in a sanctuary, and it shapes the identity of children to be more than spectators. It allows them to notice what goes on in the space of worship, whether it's at St. Catherine's Play Church or it's on Sunday morning in big church. Pastor Kramer says that when these three- to six-year-old children move from play church into the space of Sunday worship and they see a baby baptized, they light up because they know, they understand, because they've been playing. These parables that Jesus tells about what is lost is so important because they remind us that we are never 
lost life and to death, God. we belong to God through the grace that we know in Jesus Christ. And that if we are confident in this promise, if we are confident in our identity as those who belong to God, if we ever find ourselves lost or as we pay attention and recognize someone who's been lost to us or our community, that we can trust that God is seeking us out, that God is seeking another out, that God is seeking to welcome people home. And we might find that the church has gifts by God's Spirit to do the same. That we might be able to respond to a God who notices us and that we might turn to the world to go and do likewise. And do with joy, with delight, and actions that celebrate and give God our gratitude for all of our days and all the days of the life of the church. We praise God. God loves and notices endlessly. Thanks be to God. Amen.